Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's most reflective work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Malfeasance, chapters 11.5 and 11.6. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know how many Kellys become aware slash awoken and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of girls named Kelly and Pale. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't, have, I'm sorry for spoiling that, guys. But yeah, they like, have their own little coven, yeah. the Kelly coven, and and they all have a, like, I'm Kelly G, I'm Kelly S. It's like the and Heathers they, in that one movie mm, that I haven't seen, but I've heard the about. <laughs> the Heathers? <laughs> Is it called Heathers? <laughs> Is that the actual movies? I don't they, know. You know what? I think that is the actual movie. It's called Heathers. Okay. Well, it's like if they came up with a movie called Kelly's. It's just all or a it's bunch like of Kelly's. The Ashley's from Recess, that cartoon. That's right. The Ashley's. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's, yeah, it's, they have one of those in Pale. It's but a it's, fun dynamic. And all the, the whole girl group becomes aware. Um, but you don't know how many of that is because you haven't read it yet. So yep. it's some crazy shit. <laughs> I'm getting over uh, a sickness, which isn't quite as fun as being sleep deprived, but um, it's a, it's close-ish. It's still fun. Loopy. Still kind of yeah. fun. So, yay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take yeah. some, Sorry for the delay, y'all. It was like I was traveling and Jenny was sick and then Jenny's family was visiting her and then I was tired and she was tired and now we're maybe doing this. Yep. Now we're doing this unless our computer crashes or the internet crashes. And then at that point, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Blake tells Rose and the others about his fight with Alistair while trying his best to keep his cool. Rose refuses to tell Blake anything about himself or to let him read the books. Evan arrives with the important news. The family is on their way. The cabal quickly tidies the house trying to hide evidence of the practice while rose cleans herself up and channels conquest the thorburns show up and are awful big surprise blake discovers that their plan is to have rose declared mentally unstable so they can get control of the house rose decides to go with them blake builds some power by scaring his family and doesn't feel too bad about it the adults leave with rose leaving some of some of the thorburn youth in the house with the cabal dun, dun, super dun. great <laughs> What did you think of these chapters, Malia? Um, yeah, they were good. I mean, the family's fun and awful. And it was fun to see Blake and Rose, like, coordinating and, like, him trying to figure out what's going on and being kind of James Bondy. Um, Yeah. I mean, it keep, continues to be like, ooh, am I going to get answers? Not really. But this was this was a fun distraction from answers. So, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. All right. So... We start with Blake telling Rose and the others about his fight with Alistair while trying his best to keep cool and Rose being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's just so, yeah. I mean, I put here, Rose is so antagonistic for seemingly no reason. Like, she's just like, so. She just like sucks, We're not man. friends. We're not cooperating. You're cooperating with me. I'm not cooperating with you. Meh, 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 meh. And I'm just kind of like, whoa, like, why? <laughs> just fucking calm down. 
Um, like she's not even channeling or much of conquest or whatever yet at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're using yeah. that as an excuse, but you're being a bitch. And that's just you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the more time we have between episodes and I think about random crap, the more I like spin over weird weird like things in my mind about Blake and Rose and who they are and what's even happening. And yesterday my new one was like, oh, what if like green eyes is old Blake? Because I remember she was like, I knew Blake once and you're nothing like him. And then like my mind was just like, what if she's Blake or new Blake or or something like there can only be one Blake in the universe. So (laughs) it felt it feels like there should be there's probably a lot of hints. And I was trying to find the hints. Um, this is sort of a random tangent, but just trying to figure out Rose and like what her deal is, because she seems to have at least an idea of what's up with the whole situation. And it's just like, were you both the same person that was ripped in half or what? Because <laughs> why are you so mean to him all the time? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of fun that Rose recognizes that Evan is like completely done with the rest of them if Blake is done with the rest of them, like, like Evan is like now with Blake and like, there's nothing that'll keep Evan here. If Blake doesn't stay here. Yeah. And that seems to be like a big reason as to why she, she's kind of like slightly well dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Blake at all. And like, it's, and I wonder if that's like a morale thing. Like, why does she care that like Evan's cute and stuff. And maybe she can recognize that he is useful, but um, yeah, it was just, it's fascinating. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Are they the same person? <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Blake is trying to share information and tells them about how Alistair was, you know, using his power and his implement tarot deck. And um, they're like, Rose is like, yeah, we know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, well, also, like, there's some sort of weapon that the Bahames have, and they're going to give it to him if he becomes head of the family. And it seems like she didn't know that. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, she, they, they just are constantly bickering and constantly, like, slightly gainsaying each other. And I don't know if that's part of someone's programming or what, but... <clears throat> Rose is like, you can't surprise him. And he's like, well, I surprised him a little or something. Like, just constant little, like, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Alexis provides some info about tarot and what the five of coins could mean in the situation. Um, so maybe, you know, one thought is the hyena makes things harder to heal. So if Blake cut Alistair and Alistair tried to use the time magic to heal, it could just, like, suck all their power up um, and leave them, like, destitute um another interpretation of the five of coins is being forsworn which Mm -hmm. is horrifying Mm -hmm. um and yeah i'm still waiting for the forsworn person to show up in this story (laughs) and so it's like very on my toes about who it will be slash i mean it could just be like and then we meet someone who is forsworn but it really feels like it's gonna happen to someone um so that's fun um (laughs) It's super fun. So fun. Um, and it's just, yeah, the story's been moving so fast because yesterday was the day Blake showed back up in Jacob's Bell. Like, like I don't even know if it's been 24 hours um, because yesterday was the day that he kicked out or he messed with the Thorburn family and that Molly 
like decided to wake up and that Jeremy decided to attack. And so Blake was trapped in the mirror for like 12 hours, something. Um, and he gets out and it's like, and he, he goes and deals with all the Alistair stuff and he comes back. And so it's like 11 AM and it's just like, is the rest of the story going to be take place over the next like 48 hours? Cause that's insane. <laughs> the pace. Yeah. Um, but you've, I mean, you've heard that a lot, right. About, um, you know, about, uh, like the pace of the story. Yeah. I think it's just that like reading it broken up, um, like in a way we're sort of mimicking, um, how someone will be reading it live. And so for me, the past, you know, 12 hours of Blake's life or 24 hours of Blake's life or whatever has been like months. And so just realizing like, Oh no, in the story, it's that fast. And maybe if you're binging packed, it feels a lot faster. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of like thinking of like over oh, these people, how they're experiencing. <laughs> uh, it's just so much. Um, but yeah, so then they figure, you know, they're starting to figure out, okay, midnight's bad because that's sort of an auspicious time practice practice and the others aren't moving against each other in the daytime as much and they're pretty sure that they're all gonna come against them um Mm -hmm. and so we need to nap (laughs) but blake doesn't need to nap and so blake gets a job where he's they're gonna set up some mirrors in like places that are hard for them to watch Mm -hmm. um and so blake's kind of like well you know till you figure that out i'm gonna go you know learn things and rose is like i won't let you read the books and like it's just like yeah in this universe statements like that are so much more than they would be you know yeah um and she put like no caveats on that um and maybe you could argue that that was somehow time limited or whatever um and i mean he can still get to the books Mm -hmm. you know she just isn't allowing him to or whatever but it's just like she's such a bitch like yep it's just so frustratingly straight up suck rose Right. I could see, like, I don't want you to reading the demon books or even, like, I don't want you reading books about vestiges or whatever if she's worried about him figuring out whatever. Um, yeah. But just straight up, fuck you, no books for you. Like, <laughs> ugh. Um, it doesn't really matter because he doesn't have time to read the books, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, she is very, like, just non trusting. She's just, yeah. she's suspicious AF. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's like notes how none of his friends speak up in his defense um and and then i start to wonder like why is he so obsessed with them um like his connections to them are like a huge part of who he is Mm -hmm. and you know it seems like there's this huge connection with alexis where he's like you know he's basically in love with her and whatever and like it seems like that's why he just like can't let this go or something but also what why why i don't know um yeah it's kind of frustrating yeah because it's just like these people are not like they're not being worth it right now on your side (laughs) right like they're and like i feel like there's probably a pretty good reason and explanation for a lot of this stuff and a lot of it is you know if you straight up don't remember that someone exists and they show up and they're like, hi, I'm super important. And you're being like besieged and crap. You know, there's issues with being like, oh, great. Come on in. Like, <laughs> yeah, have whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. But like, why do they care so much about Rose or not even care about Rose? Just like, why are they so set on? Like, why are they so loyal? Yeah. And like being in this situation 
and like why why <laughs> um because then he's you know he's upset because they're all hiding things from him um he's trying to figure out you know is he supposed to be evil is this a prophecy like what's going on and rose is like i'm not giving you any hints um and the rest of them continue to try not to slash successfully not give him hints i couldn't figure anything out um but this is also sort of a test to see like if blake will like flip his shit and go full boogeyman or something and i don't know what him not doing that says about him to them it's just ugh. um yeah it's just like yeah and then so then then you know Blake's just like, I don't give a shit about you, Rose. Like, I literally just want to help my friends who don't give a shit about me or something. Um, and he's like, I won't be able to help them without helping you. And he's like, so I'm not going to try to convince them to leave or whatever, because that doesn't seem to be ha- working or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'd hurt you if you tried to convince them to leave. And it that wouldn't help anything, them least of all. And so it's like, did she convince them to swear something like that's fucked up? Like, Alexis seems to have more emotional whatever about Rose, but I think that that's, like, a lingering Blake connection or something. I don't know. But yeah, I just, we keep circling around the fact that Alexis and Ty at least swore not to learn from the Diabolist books, and it seems like there's maybe some other oath or something lingering here now, and yeah. Um, and then the last thing from this section that like completely what the fuck is going on and I really hope someone explains the sentence someday <laughs> Rose is saying how Blake wasn't supposed to get eaten by an erasure demon because that threw her off like it was supposed to be like well when he finally you know died or whatever yeah, that it would clear the way for her and she'd have an advantage but because of not knowing what the fuck happened that advantage wasn't as clear mm-hmm and then she goes, just like you weren't supposed to kill Laird. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Was it just like a, when we envisioned what you would do, killing Laird was not on the agenda, right? Was it like you killing Laird messed things up? Mm-hmm. Was it like... Well, he was, he didn't want to kill Laird in the beginning anyway, right? He just kind of like... I mean, Which beginning? When he like stabbed well, him in the throat or like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he didn't go out like... Being like, I'm going to stab him in the fro- throat, you know? Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I agree that. But it just feels like that sentence feels weightier than... Because we know that Laird... Or we we think that Laird, like, learned from Grandma Rose about demons directly. That's, like, yeah. very, very, very strongly <laughs> implied by what we've seen. Um, And so I don't know if that fucked things up somehow i don't know i don't know what's happening <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh so well just to check are you are you confused by the fact that she's saying he's not supposed or he like he was supposed to die and not get eaten by a demon or you're just talking about like the no more part? The, okay more the layered stuff yeah like okay. what is what was the plan what did grandma rose what was she trying to do? What was Eamon trying to do? How does Laird fit into things? What is... Who is Blake? Who is Rose? What is real? Yeah. <laughs> Those are good questions. But I get the whole, like, Blake exists to help, quote-unquote, the heir. Yeah. But I'm not even sure if Rose is, quote-unquote, the heir. Like, I don't know mm. what's happening. Yeah, that's rough. 
Um, it's rough. Well, anyway, next time, <laughs> next section. <laughs> uh, Evan arrives with important news. The family's on their way. The cabal Woo. tidies up the house, trying to hide signs of the practice while Rose cleans herself up and channels an even nicer person. <laughs> Conquest. No. I mean, it's it's like kind of useful, but also yeah. But I mean, it it is like for like this family, sure. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I love that Evan is immediately just like, "What are we doing, Blake?" Like it's like the the way he expresses it is so great. He's like, "Oh, I was worried I wouldn't get to hang out with Ty anymore because like there was no question for Evan as to yeah. what he would do if Blake was like." you know kicked out again or whatever and it's so wonderful and i love him so much yeah because evan's known about this dude for uh, you know approximately 24 hours and he's just yeah. like yep he's like yep you're my guy look, look all of these people <laughs> like not really but when it comes down to it yeah when it comes like them versus blake i'm like right. blake needs somebody like that you know he does um yeah i was thinking about how maggie's also like a friend of Blake's and then I was like oh if Molly's not gonna be Maggie's familiar I guess Maggie could ask Blake too it just doesn't seem like that's where we're going I don't know I mean <laughs> but she did apologize about it so I don't know yeah I don't know um if anything maybe Blake will be like I can't because I have to protect my friends and somehow yeah you think um, Rose will make Blake <laughs> familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not at this point um like how the turns I mean, she have likes, tabled she likes boogeymen but yeah yeah i don't think she would want to <laughs> uh, um <clears throat> but yeah i forgot about the family as like being a factor um because part of it is like oh they've been dealt with or something like you're just like oh that was days ago and it's like no that was yesterday and they've decided to come back <laughs> so that's fun um but yeah so then it's action time because the family's coming and we gotta do stuff and blake's like i don't feel like cleaning which is really smart because he shouldn't just use um his self to move boxes yeah (laughs) yeah that's true yeah um but you know they yeah they're getting ready and um uh, at some point blake and alexis have time for a heartfelt chat which is sweet and upsetting. Um, yeah. So she talks about, you know, like, oh, that's some of my best work, but also I would never do a lot of those things, but it looks like my work, but also, you know, the the face and whatever, I wouldn't do that. And he's like, yeah, you didn't, but yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that she, she figures out, like, the week that she did the tattoos, because in her mind, like, not much was going on that week because, you know, the connection like was erased um but yeah i think it's interesting she's able to figure that out um and it's just really sweet when he talks about like how much she did for him and how important she is and how um she gave him like strength and like a reason to live and all that crap and he's like yeah i don't know it was really sweet um and probably good for alexis it is frustrating to me that alexis didn't go and talk to him while he was bound but I guess it wasn't like days where she was ignoring him. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it seems like this was good for her and she needed this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Evan is perfect. 
And he's like, we need a theme song. He's the best. Bird Boy and Scary Tree. And Blake's like, I'm not a tree. And he's like, no, it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that he he goes to Ghost Boy form for just a second so he can stick his tongue out. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's so good. It makes me like feel like he's improving and stuff like he's he's doing better he hates being a ghost because it reminds him that he's dead but the fact that he'd do that just for like a funny you know like it's uh he's so good he's so good yeah um all right well the thorburns eventually do show up and suck (laughs) blake discovers that their plan is to have rose declared mentally unstable so that they can get control of the house and then Rose decides to go with them. <laughs> Which is just, like, wild. Like, very fun, but, like, okay. <laughs> like, man, you guys are f- terrible fucking people, right? Uh, like, holy yeah. crap, you guys suck. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's interesting he, like, specifically is, like, the Thorburns arrive without Paige and Molly. And I guess you do have to specify that Molly's not there, because she does exist as a thing that can move around now. And Paige still exists, but it just, like... I don't know. I feel like Paige has got to come back into this story somehow and we'll obviously need to deal with Molly and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're showing up and Rose comes down in grandma's clothes and we learn <laughs> that part of this was that since grandma Rose died, um, I don't know why all of her clothes would have been. See, th- God, this just feels like another weird thing too, where like, did Rose exist? Like, I don't know what's going on. Supposedly, her clothes were all at her parents' house in the garage, and the garage got flooded. Um, mm. And so she doesn't have any clothes. Um, and I'm like, well, insurance, house insurance helps with stuff. And so she, couldn't her parents have just bought her clothes? And I guess the, her whole point is like, they suck and they hate her. Yeah. Um, the mob seems to be not absolutely horrible. Um, jury's still out for, on the dad. but I mean, any of them... Th- <laughs> The fact that they, like, agreed on the plan to, like, put Rose in, like, you know. (laughs) Okay, yeah, the dad is horrible. Yeah. There's, like, little tiny nuggets of maybe hope for the mom. But, yeah, I just... The clothes in the garage. Why were they in the garage? Why didn't she go get them? Why didn't she have them come to her? I feel like Rose was in the house with Molly. Um, I feel like... Hmm. Or Rose was in the apartment doing weird well she couldn't do practice somebody was doing weird mind magic spells on everyone to make i don't know Hmm. i don't get it um anyway she was doing mind magic to make friends well if she was in toronto trying to like get a bunch of friends so that her she could have friends when she cut herself in half or whatever I don't know, man. So she cut herself in half. No, she can't. She can't practice. But you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. But this, <coughs> yeah. mm. Anyway, because literally in like three months or whatever, when I know a little bit more, I'm going to be like, oh, yes, the clothes that were flooded. That made sense why they were there. <laughs> or maybe the clothes never existed. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Part of this, friends, is that I wrote these notes like a week ago. And so I'm like remembering what I was saying and then I'm like, oh no, what about this thought I had once? Like I'm losing, like Blake doesn't seem to be like, like as paranoid as I am, but he has too much stuff to do. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, Rose is here. The family's here. 
It's going to be great. Um, the Cabal goes to hide because it's Auk. And Rose is like, uh, this is great. So they walk in and they have this like big stack of papers and they slam them down and they're like, meh, 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 meh. like you suck. And also we're worried about you because you're insane and whatever. Um, and I don't understand where they got this contract. Like Irene said something about like Molly's copy and how she had Molly's copy. But like, why did she have Molly's copy? Why do these people have this? Like, what is I mean, basically, they're like, well, if we get her declared insane, then somebody else here can take the house or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Rose's parents have to gain from housing his daughter. I mean, so they're not going to get the house. Like, I guess maybe Ivy could get the house. Um, I don't know why they'd trust any of their family members enough that like, oh, if Ellie gets the house, we'll totally share. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, I mean, it's not just the house, but it's all the money and stuff, right? So it's just like, I mean, it seems like they could maybe either like, they either have hope that their kid will get it and they'll be able to like manipulate their kid into getting them. Or they're trying to be like, hey, if we all work together on this, like whoever the next heir is, like, we'll give everybody a little bit of a piece of the pie, whether that's true or not. Sure, it just seems wild that they would believe that. But I guess. Well, they might just be desperate or think that's their best chance. I don't know. And they all have a younger kid who could potentially get it later on. So even if they did sure. the same shit to every kid down the line. Um, right. Especially the Rose's parents. They've got the youngest. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. And then all. So they just obviously suck. But they all suck really bad. Yeah. So they're. So Blake manages to make a copy of the contract in his universe so he can read it. And he realizes that they are going to have Rose declared insane and taken off to a asylum or whatever. Um, and they managed to use Evan to like pass, you know, n- notes back and forth <laughs> or whatever. Um, so that Rose can know what's going on. And this just like is super clutch. Like if she didn't have Blake, she like would not like, I think it really helped her to have, you know, Evan be able to tell her what was going on so that she could, you know, like, even if she didn't have hours to prepare, like, it just seems like this is super useful. And it sucks that she's such a bitch to him because <laughs> he came in pretty useful, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the the house is visibly falling apart. It's like, yeah, because it was attacked. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Did you throw a party? Um, No. Um, And then the, well, why didn't you file a police report? And like, it's bit I mean, you can call the police to come out to your house late at night, but it hasn't it's not like it's been like it hasn't twenty-four been hours. Right? Like yeah. it hasn't like it's not yeah. Anyway, they're obviously just all dickheads and whatever. So then um yeah, so they realize that like if the plan seems to be to have Rose dragged away and then I guess the others can come kill the these three friends, which it's just like if Blake accidentally awoke his friends on like dumb impulse they shouldn't be that important yeah but they seem important but maybe they're just like well if we kill our friends then whatever because yeah presumably they can't just destroy the house um i mean they did a decent job at destroying the house but not if they just set it on fire could barbatorum just like get out like that seems dumb um yeah that would be pretty dumb But yeah, so Rose is like, oh, uh, I'll just go with them because lol, it'll be fine. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, they must think that I'm going to give up on the whole 
dead man switch thing and give in and go fix it before they will and i'm like that's fucking insane if that's what they think yeah because like she's not blake and like like this is what she has like diabolists do horrible shit often because they're pushed to it um yeah like if she gives that up she doesn't have anything um um but yeah so then they're they're talking in the kitchen because they have a sec and then aunt steph comes in and blake just like hates her which was interesting (laughs) um yeah paints her as someone who does like the absolute minimum and like doesn't care at all and lives off of you know welfare and all these things um and i found that to be interesting i mean blake is a really hard worker and wants to like support himself and get himself on his feet but i thought it was surprising that he was so dismissive of her receiving state support or i guess child support or whatever um but i guess he just sees that she is like actively trying to not do anything you know i could see that almost being a reason that he's like extra dismissive just because Mm -hmm. like she gives other people who need that support a bad name Mm, that's true yeah that's a good point (laughs) that's what i would think um but yeah and it's we're getting these little moments with a lot of the family members which is fun because um you know some of them are starting to become more important and it's a good way to remind us that like peter exists and who exactly he's connected to um because he is seemingly gonna blow everything up or something he's i don't know he's fun (laughs) but yeah so then they go back into the living room and rose is like yeah this is great i'm gonna go with y'all but blake's like this seems like a bad idea and decides that he hates everyone or something um yeah so they talk again about the clothes rose's clothes and i'm confused about the clothes (laughs) um and rose drops a whole bunch of hints about how the house and the money aren't like the money's not important the house is relatively important the land is very important but also there's other shit going on yeah and (coughs) blake's like oh no she's using conquest too much and that seems bad so i'm gonna try to i don't even know (laughs) yeah uh well blake ends up getting a little power uh (laughs) by scaring the crap out of his, his family and he does not feel bad at all really about it yeah it's interesting how the universe is conditioning him to suck um like he can tell that when he gets really mad and makes other people feel uncomfortable or afraid or whatever he gets stronger he like mm-hmm. can tell that he's like feeling better um and that sucks but he's also like well these are shitty people <laughs> do it um yeah so there he like shows up in the tv and he shows up in some of the like windows and it's interesting that like james who i did not remember existed even a little bit um freaks out um he sees him but then roxanne who's like two years younger doesn't see him because she's sociopath (laughs) (laughs) um but then ivy gets upset and that made me sad because yeah she's the most she's the only innocent one really right she's the most um she's a baby she has the most potential yeah to be okay as a human and it makes me sad that ivy's afraid of blake it makes it reminds me of i guess the fake memories where he meets ivy and she's like kind of like happy and friendly but then they he yells at his dad or something and she gets all upset and it just makes me sad um 
but yeah, he's trying to get some bird or whatever to do something, but then none of the birds show up, and I'm like, what happened to Lefty? Like, did Lefty not, is Lefty dead? Like, did Lefty not come back? Like, what's happening? Um, Guess we'll see. And it's very upsetting, but yeah, he, he gets a little bit of power back by freaking him out, and he's like, well, I guess I gotta do more, and so he breaks the window, and it seems like he didn't mean to hurt James, but that James, like, moved the direction he wasn't expecting or something, and so he gets cut, and everyone freaks out, and he gets a bird, which allows him to hide the contract in the real world or whatever, um, which is somehow helpful. <laughs> I don't fully remember. Um, but so, yeah, um, it was interesting because, like, James's mom and dad try to help him because he's, like, bleeding, and that reminded me of Brett and how Brett, like, seems to turn on, like, actual father like good dad mode when verona is like physically hurt um but then his dad within like 30 seconds is like ignoring his son and like looking for the contract <laughs> i was yeah. like are these people worse than brett fascinating <laughs> yeah now these people are like straight up suck like so much yeah. um but then yeah they're trying to find the contract and they're like rose must have taken it and the mom who had been like watching her admits that rose hasn't moved like didn't take the contract and i was like that's nice mom like you got it good for good for you good for you for not completely lying i guess right and like i don't know she's she sort of sided with her daughter a little bit and that made me nice happy yeah i mean i feel like yeah well (laughs) i mean she is still there to like drag her daughter like and put her in involuntary you know like yeah yeah so uh it's not great it's not great. Anyway, so the adults leave with Rose and they leave some of the Thorburn youth in the house with the cabal. Yay. So yeah, so they everyone just sort of like leaves. Um and Rose is like sort of gone. And um They're like, hey, we're we're gonna leave our hey you kids, stay in the house with these random strangers. <laughs> well, like, I feel like I don't even know if the adults definitely knew there were other people in the house or something. I I can't quite remember because they I don't didn't, remember. I don't think they show up until after the adults leave. Leave. Um, but yeah, Rose is like, you know, oh, if like maybe they want me out of the house so they can destroy the house. And um, apparently if something bad happens with the contract um, and it's because of malfeasance on the part of the family or Rose, it goes to the lawyers. And that's mm-hmm. fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah, that if they... Malfeasance was an interesting word to use there, um, but is obviously speaking to the chapters or the arc's themes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess if all of the heirs die, that's who it goes to. But I had forgotten that or something, but that seems upsetting. Um, but yeah, so so the ones who are staying <clears throat> are Roxanne, Catherine, Peter, Callan, Kristoff, and Ellie. Which is an interesting combination. Um, <clears throat> Catherine, I think it, some of these people have fused in my brain because we don't know a ton about them. And so it was, you know, I'm excited to get to know some of them more. Um, Blake points out that it's weird Catherine stayed because she has a child. And so mm-hmm. presumably could have been like, lol, bye. But these people are obsessed with this house. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah, they are. And money. And money. Um. Yeah, we we learn a little bit about 
Um, Ellie, I like that she calls Callan out. I think it was Callan for being like, oh, you're paranoid. And she's like, no, she's not paranoid. This is an act. Like, I just yeah. love that she's just like, no, you dumbass, remember? <laughs> um, and Ellie apparently didn't know it was murder. I'm just like fascinated by what these people do and don't know. Um, because like, I thought people thought it was maybe an animal attack. Yeah. Um, but it seems like some of these people thought it was like suicide um, hmm. or something. I don't know. That's a little wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so then, so then Peter and Paige are described by Blake. Um, Paige being like prim and proper. Peter, like having sentimental attachments to clothing and sharp eyes, not, not a sentimental attachments to his sharp eyes. <laughs> Sorry. My brain is dying, but it reminds me of the way that Blake and Rose were described um, at some point recently. Um, Blake as just Rose is being like very put together and prim and Blake is like falling apart. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, does this, is this something like, is this a clue? Like these two are twins. Like we're Blake and Rose, like fucking twins. Uh, is this <laughs> And then I don't know what's happening again. So then we move on. <laughs> no, I can't answer any uh, of that. It's just, it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, so then the cabal shows up and they're just like, okay, I guess you're staying in the house. That's cool. And Peter's just like, who are you? Why do you know Rose? What's going on? She sucks. She doesn't have friends. Like, why is she so different? Like, Peter's obviously pretty smart and pretty on top of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes me think about Paige, um, and how Peter would probably do well in this environment as well. Um, so tiff is adorable and asks if anyone wants tea and because she's like oh maybe this will be fine and no one says yes except alexis (laughs) and they're all kind of dickheads um and they decide you know if they can steal some stuff that'd be cool and peter's smart and they'll kind of see what he decides to do and blake gets antsy because this story is like kind of chilled out for approximately 15 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah um and he sees Alexis and she's holding a phone and he realizes that she's going to use it as an excuse to be able to talk to him. So he's kind of like telling her who to watch out for and what's up and whatever. Um, that Ellie, Peter and Roxanne are the most problematic. Um, but also they all suck. So, you know, um, and Peter walks up and is like, oh, uh-huh, y'all draw weird shit on the ground tell me what the diagrams are like what's up um which is the fun like mic drop end of the chapter like will alexis be able to convince him that it's like actually nothing um yeah yeah (laughs) pretty wild Uh, stuff any other thoughts no it's just i don't know it's exciting yeah all right well i'm excited to ask for the prediction but first we're going to talk about our palin comparison section um yeah i think yeah Based on the last pale chapter, it would be kind of interesting to talk about, um, I mean, the Kelly family um, potentially becoming aware versus um, if the Thorburn family became aware <laughs> and the differences that there would be. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, what if all of the Thorburn people were aware? That would be so awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it does seem like 
So Paige picked up on the whole practice thing maybe somewhat quickly. She she sought out and it, we don't know what happened between her and Isadora, so we're not sure how much of it was her being like, hi, what's up with my cousin? And Isadora being like, ha ha ha, this will be fun. And like kind of bringing her into it more. Um, because Peter seems to, I mean, I guess if you see like weird, like, like ritualistic, like circles on the ground of your cousin's house that's like destroyed or whatever, you might be like, hey, what's that? Like, <laughs> but I'm wondering if the Thorburns are like have less innocence um but um because they're like because the kelly's right they live in kennett mm-hmm. which has just been bombarded with crazy shit constantly um and they live in the same house as like a major practitioner in the area who's like had all this shit going on and um so it makes sense that like their defenses would be a little bit worn down um or their you know the innocence there because we i feel like in recent chapters of pale they've been talking about how it's a bit riskier like the innocence in Kennet isn't as strong. Yeah. Um, and like maybe with this family, it's not either. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the thing with Blake is that he didn't have to become aware because he was another, like he wasn't human. He wasn't innocent. Right. And so he manifests like seeing Rose in the mirror and being able to hear everything and knowing what was going on. But like, that's because of who Blake was. So he's not a very good example um, and then we didn't see, I mean, Molly was pretty, I mean, God, it, did, it depends on how much those memories were altered, but Molly seemed aware um, to to some extent in that first chapter. Um, some of these people have been used in demonic rituals. Like we, <laughs> um, yeah, but also like, it just kind of makes me wonder, like, how does anyone, I mean, I guess it's not a wonder. It's just like eventually most people's families probably learn what's up um or the family just like you know like brett won't necessarily ever learn about the practice because she is verona doesn't want brett as part of her life kind of like Mm -hmm. she's never around um but it seems like with you know living with someone that you care about um you're eventually gonna figure out that something's up and stuff's just eventually going to get worn down around you enough. Um, which is probably part of why practitioner families are such a thing. Cause you, you can't, I mean, I guess we don't know a ton about the sisters in Toronto and whether, cause they treat it as like a business thing. So maybe a yeah. bunch of them have innocent families. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All um, right. Oh, <laughs> well, cool. Um, I guess we'll get to see if, uh, if that happens or if they, I mean, maybe that won't happen at all. Maybe it will. Um, but now it's time for your bold and specific prediction. Woo! Yeah! Um, yeah, so I guess my prediction is that this is another fun fake out um, and that Peter is not going to become aware like at the beginning of next chapter. <laughs> um, but I guess I'll say that Peter will become aware eventually in this book. Okay. Um but I don't think it's going to happen like right away. It's not like right now. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Um, do you think like, I don't know, Blake's going to keep risking uh, showing himself to like the other, I don't know, the family members for power and stuff, or you think he's pushed his luck far enough? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, no, I think he'll keep doing it. Um, I don't know <laughs> if he'll do it right away. Like part of it is too, is that, <clears throat> How much does he have to 
how much do they have to see for him to get power? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think he'll he'll do it to the kids that are here, or he's going to wait till the adults come back? Um, no, he'll probably. I'm just kind of like, oh, if you if Peter sees you, maybe we're done. But maybe he won't have to fully be like, like just Hi, give Peter, a little, what's up? <laughs> like look, yeah, just kind of like here and there, freak him out. out, okay, or something. I don't know. All right, cool. Well, um, our last discussion question was: tell us an idiom in any language, and tell us which character it applies to. Um, we have a lot of idioms, so we'll just try to get through them. <laughs> They're pretty good, but uh, Fleet Feathers gave us a few of them. Um, says Guillaume was giving the cold shoulder to the girls when he was fa- first falling to winter. Uh, Toad's Follow is good at adding insult to injury, demonstrated in the three Pete curse he taught Lucy early on. There are times when Ram Jam's direct approach hits the nail on the head. Uh, right the lawyers sure are great at playing devil's advocate oh my god actually i'm really upset (laughs) that one's too good it's i hate this (laughs) i love it the amount of times devil's advocate gets said in the context of law school is too many but yeah oh really Mm -hmm. that's funny i could see that um participants in the hungry choir ritual learn there's no such thing as a free lunch uh (laughs) and then this one's for pate spoilers, just in case. Uh, don't listen for the next, like, ten seconds. Grimsy's cooking costs an arm and a leg, but it's sure worth it. Uh... <laughs> Those are really good. I mean, now I'm good trying job, to think, others. is all of Wild Bo's writing just finding shit and being like, what if that was literal? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, uh... but he's written so much, it's not, I mean, hard to fit a bunch of idioms in that's for sure <laughs> um and then we have a couple from blake tall um who says that the thunder bay council politics are a perfect storm but in the grand scheme of things they're only a storm in a teacup um i've never heard the storm in a, a teacup but that's kind of cute yeah i don't think i have either to be honest but yeah um and then avery and lucy have told their families about the practice but verona hasn't let the cat out of the bag ha <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um and then the last one is pride goes before a fall um who um which is proverbs 1618 and the like tall says it was written by suleiman bid daoud who was forsworn and it naturally it applies to himself <laughs> all right um of course i get this one from captain rhino <laughs> um so it's something in klingon and they say yes you have to raid the klingon and they say, I hope none of them are listening or they might get quite offended. So I'll just buckle up. Okay. According to the Klingon wiki, fuck. <laughs> Doc Blick, what the fuck? Okay. Doc um, Blickwiddle. Blickwiddle? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'd say Doc Bluck to look, maybe. I don't know why the Q in the middle of that word is capitalized, but whatever. Look <laughs> Look to, okay look to look Bl- sure we'll go with that you just yell it Doc, and it's, yeah. look to look <laughs> translates to the river is red and means something momentous has happened perhaps a major victory charles anyone uh, i mean let's yep. be honest how we pronounced it definitely doesn't translate to that <laughs> it doesn't translate to anything but all right uh, we tried apologize to anyone offended uh 
Um, the bee vampire has provided some translated Norwegian idioms, which is pretty exciting. Um, so Peckersnot hung the bell on the cat, which means to take on a dangerous task for the good of the group. Um, when he took damage while trying to steal a collar from Mrs. Schaff's cats. Blake Tall said that like hanging the bell on the cat or hung the bell on the cat is an English idiom as well. I haven't actually heard that before, but apparently that's also a thing in English. Just so you know. Weird. Yeah. Um, Blake often shoots sparrows with cannons, um, which means to go way overboard in dealing with problems. I love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, anytime Blake ever does anything. Poor Evan. Um, and then Yiyun has a corpse in her luggage. Which, wow. Yeah. Um, apparently that means the same as skeletons in the closet. Um, yeah, literal and figuratively. Wow. That's like really on the nose. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Duncan keeps begging for his sick mother, which means to beg. Oh, you're begging for yourself, but you're pretending it's on behalf of someone else. Mm. Um, which reminds me of like asking for a friend. <laughs> um, but definitely only doing what he's done in the story for altruistic and good reasons. No self-interest or personal desire for prestige and power here. Ugh. All right. Macy one just throws out some Aussie idioms. And I'm excited. All right. <laughs> let's just, mean? <laughs> we, yeah, well, let's, we're going to try to figure it out, Malia. We're going to try to figure it out. Let's go through each one. Chucking a sickie. And he, he says, I feel like Verona is the best fit for this one because she has her priorities sorted. No, I think I know what this one means. Okay, great. Cause I have no idea. Sounds That's, like throwing um, up. It's like pulling hooky. I think it's, um, it's like playing like fake a sick day. Oh, so it's not like, okay. It's totally, I was like, I was just saying you're throwing up. <laughs> That's what I thought. It does okay. sound like that. Yes. All right. Cause it's like up check. Uh, okay. Checking a sickie is so like playing a, but wait, but how does that apply to Verona having her priorities sorted? Well, she doesn't go to school anymore. She goes. She, I guess so. She has different educations. Okay. All right. Um, I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> well, that's so good. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Between her mild arachnophobia, I feel like Lucy, and general seriousness, this one's Lucy. I mean, it kind of just sounds like I'm not here to fuck around. Um, <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah, I think that's what it is, but I'm not here to Why fuck don't spiders. Say- yeah. I mean, I guess. Why don't. Hey. Maisie one, go tell Elliot and Ruben to say this shit on their podcast because it's funny. And yeah, if they're yeah, Australian, right. they'll know when to use them. Yeah. You guys need to like say that shit. Okay. <laughs> um, pulled a Bradbury. Hopefully will be Blake, but I think Avery earned this accolade when finishing the promenade a few weeks ago. So it pulled like something really fucking great, maybe. Like kind yeah, of amazing. Doing a really good. I don't understand what Bradbury yeah. is or who Bradbury is, but I'm guessing someone who like is amazing or something <laughs> we'll see um done a harold holt this one's for blake or the carmine beast dying <laughs> for, like, being murdered, failing <laughs> fucking up real what, bad what harold holt's a guy that died and so they made him a whole idiom about like, well, like oh you pulled a harold died, died in a in a in a, in like a, a sad way <laughs> in a sad way as opposed to a happy death. What, what do Blake and the Carmine Beast have in common? Like being angry. They basically died. Oh, they're angry. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe flipping the fuck out or something. I don't know. Um, all right. We'll see. Like a seagull on a hot chip. Snowdrop <laughs> or maybe green eyes. Well, I mean, 
I know I've had a seagull steal my fucking food before. So it's like, I understand that. Like, so yeah, it's like, I guess Snowdrop eating a lot of stuff. What the fuck is green eyes? <laughs> like, how does she? I mean, she likes eating right or like i don't know if she has eaten much but she talks about food a lot at least or is but is this could this be like a like a sex thing also what like what like how like snowdrop is all about eating a lot but maybe like green eyes wants to fuck blake what the fuck is snowdrop having to do with that (laughs) it's just it's wrong and what does that have to do with it do you think seagulls are trying to fuck french fries (laughs) no but i think that maybe what there's a veracity that oh, yeah. can be applied Holy to food fuck. or sex. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what to say on that one, so I'm just going to move oh, on. But I'm, I'm trying to understand Macy yeah. Wood's mind. <laughs> I, okay. No, it's literally like a seagull, like, like if there's a hot chip or a hot fry or whatever, it's going to be on that shit, like, immediately. Like, yeah. on that food. No. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You think it's fucking. All right. Next. Um, couldn't organize a root in a brothel with a fistful of 50s. Duncan Behame. All right. I mean, someone who really can't get their shit together, even if they have everything that they possibly need for the job. Right. I think I the root so. is the word I don't understand, but Me I'm too, good, but so I, I mean, <laughs> with context from a brothel, I'm guessing there's. Uh, yeah that one seems more like the sex related one malia just if you mm-hmm. had to pick one out of all those fucking idiots sure. okay. pick the fucking seagull Why all right green eyes? okay okay all right whatever chuck a wobbly chuck a wobbly okay <laughs> what gotta be the carmine chuck himself what the fuck is that chuck a wobbly what what does it mean what does it mean it's what is wobbly that you chuck (laughs) what What? well chuck doesn't need to be you know like chucking a sickie right like throwing yeah chuck is like a pull to pull a wobbly maybe it's someone who like pull like manages to pull off something crazy okay maybe i would also if that's (laughs) it like avery and all them with the you know like they pulled That's off true. like some crazy they shit. They checked a wobbly. They checked a wobbly. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Unless they didn't. <laughs> as useful as a screen door on a submarine. That's the mo- That's like one of the easiest ones so far to understand. Um, right. I yeah. think we said it in the U.S. too. Yeah, I think I've I've heard that before. Um, yeah. Cherry pop. Classic. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> shit in my hands and clap. Uh, that's incredible. That's great. I can see um Paul is saying this is what he said. Um oh my gosh. Um and flat out like a lizard drinking. Flat out like a lizard drinking. Taddy Bojangles. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I imagine this to be like a you know, drunk people fall down and stuff and pass out. And lizards do lizards do that thing like squirrels do where they like spread out to like cool off? Or warm up, I think. Right? Yeah. I thought that. The, I mean, I thought they tend to do that to get more sun exposure and warm up. Sure. Squirrels do it to cool off. To cool off. Okay. To have more of their heat transfer into the ground. Okay. Well. Wow. Um, okay. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But yeah. So that's all I got. <laughs> all right. So um, on this 
you know, when Macy one posted this, um, I think fleet feathers or some people were like, can you like put some fucking like translations? Cause I don't understand what you're saying. Um, and he actually posted another comment that I, uh, didn't, I put on a different page said, ha ha. I intentionally didn't include them because I wanted to see what Lee and Jenny thought. Um, but that's a bit mean. So here's some definitions. So now that we win all those, we're going to go over <laughs> what they actually mean. Okay. Cause I haven't looked at these yet. Checking right. a sickie is yeah. When you call in from work or school, when you're like, when you call in sick from work or school, when you're not so good call Malia, that was it. Hey. Okay. So we got one. I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> so I'm here for a reason not to goof around. All right, cool. Okay. Pull a Bradbury. To win against all odds or get a surprise victory, named after the first Aussie to win a gold medal at the Winter Olympics after all the racers in front of him crashed in both the semifinals and the grand final. But because he was so far behind both times, he avoided the pileup <laughs> and went on to win. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, That's wow. Awesome. Never heard that. Okay. All right. Done a Harold Holt. So not dead, but... <laughs> But, well, you know, you're not too far off, actually, to disappear or run away. Named after the Australian Prime Minister, who disappeared without a trace while swimming at the beach in the 60s. Damn. Okay, so he probably did die in a sad way, so you weren't that far off. <laughs> okay, let's see if the seagull on a hot ship is about sex or not. <laughs> it is not. Shocker. When someone is really keen and acts really quickly. Also, it's about seagulls scabbing food, hence snowdrop. <laughs> Well, like, keen keen for what? I mean, I guess you could talk about wanting to fuck someone. Be like, oh, yeah. I was on him like a seagull on a hot chip. Yeah. Or like how, yeah, like white on rice. Yeah. Or that one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is not about, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> the next one that actually is about sex. Couldn't organize a root in a brothel with a fistful of 50s. A root is to have sex, so basically this is saying someone is so incompetent they couldn't figure out how to have sex, even if they were in a brothel with a stack of money. <coughs> so we're getting some of these, right? Um, so root is to have sex. Weird. Okay. Weird. Yes. Um, chuck a wobbly is to throw a tantrum. Oh. oh. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that's definitely chuck. That's a good one. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. As useful as a screen door on a submarine. Um, said, I think this one is self-explanatory. Um, you would hope so, but just in case it's not to some of y'all, a screen door is a fly screen door and that wouldn't be great underwater. And I mean, it would let all the water in the submarine. Um, I'd rather shit in my hands and clap. Um, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Another pretty (laughs) straightforward one, I think. Um, flat out like a lizard drinking, huh? Is to be working as hard or fast as possible. I honestly don't know where this one comes from, but it's a funny image. So I thought it worked for Taddy because she's an idiot, but she's got the hustle going. <laughs> I like it. I like huh. it. <sighs> yeah. Have you heard some really, like, since you've lived in Texas, Malia, have you heard some, like, good um, southern idioms? Because I feel like I've I've heard some that I'd never heard. Um, no, Austin's not really Texas in that no. respect. Okay. I have to... <laughs> Look some of these up, and I'm only going to say the ones that like have actually heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, see, matter than a wet hen. Huh, okay, which means you're angry. Apparently, farmers used in the 1800s used to dunk hens into buckets of water to make them snap out of irritable behavior. <laughs> huh. 
uh, knee high to a grasshopper. I feel like I've heard that before. Um, that's supposed to be young or short, usually referring to a child. Mm. Um, as long as a country mile, just means a long mm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, I smell what you're stepping in means I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. Uh, you can hang your hat on that. It, it's, a, it's a guarantee. Um, look like death warmed over. You appear ill or like like really fucking sick, almost like you're dying. Mm. Um, ugly is sin. Just means you're either physically or sp- spiritually hideous. Um, some of these I feel like I've heard before. Like this ain't my first rodeo, which means I'm experienced. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't say that's Texan. Um, let's see. Some of these I haven't heard. Like just fill off the turnip truck. <laughs> Never heard that, but apparently that's naive or foolish. Huh. Um, we've howdied, but we ain't shook. Which means we've met, but we haven't been formally introduced. Um, burning daylight. I feel like I've heard that other places, but that just means you're running out of time. Um, mm-hmm. Wasting time. Um, this one says we're living in high cotton, but I'm pretty sure I've heard people say we're shitting in, shitting. Ta- mm-hmm. in tall cotton. I guess it's just like when you're really successful or wealthy. It's like <laughs> cotton's you know, a big crop like in the South. Um this one says, if the creek don't rise. That's not the whole saying, though, right? If, uh, what is that? Have you heard that one? If the creek. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. But yeah. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. That's it. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be there unless something out of our control stops us, basically. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what that means. I was like, yeah. that's not an idiot. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means yeah those are all our idioms um we've learned some shit and i really like man the australian ones are great those were i'm fun, not yeah. here to fuck spiders man like how did you guys like i mean i i know you guys have really big spiders but like <laughs> how do you come up with like okay anyway we're not gonna think about that too hard um thanks for listening guys um wait wait <laughs> Do you don't want a new discussion question? Oh, yeah. I guess we can. I, like, for- totally forgot. Here, you come up with it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Are we going to skip? No, we've never done it. I feel we've, like never we've never done can. it. Even though in the beginning, we were like, every now and then, we're going to do a discussion question. But now we've done it every single time. So we can't skip. We'll even think about idioms. <laughs> oh, well, your joke at the beginning made me think of, like, Okay, I want a common name like Kelly or Ashley, and I want to know what their cabal, what their whole, or like not cabal, <laughs> what their circles thing would be or whatever. Like, like John is a pretty common name or like Michael or something like somebody like one of those names where growing up, you had to refer to people with their initial because there were too many of them. What's that name? And I what still do they don't do? understand what you're trying to ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe write it out and I'll understand. Um, pick a popular if a bunch people with that name were all in one practitioner circle. What would their special example? I don't know. Karen's being really unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. What would Karen's do? Which I do have to say, every Karen I've met in real life has actually been like really nice. I actually yeah. haven't met a, like a mean karen so um i feel bad for them for having that name and that being like i don't know how that name got picked as like the i feel like sharon would be make make more sense to me i feel like i've met more unpleasant sharons Hmm. but anyway um 
Yeah, if you if you think of like think of a stereotypical trait for a name and apply that to magic groups or whatever or whatever. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of stretching with that discussion question, but you know what? That means that we didn't skip a week. So <laughs> that's the really that's the important thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now I can do my outro. Um, thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to su- help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to h- help support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you'd like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 11.7 and 11.8. Fun fact. The world's oldest hotel has been operating since 705 AD. Damn. Yeah. Um probably going to pronounce this incorrectly as well, but it's all right. I'm doing my best. Um, the Nishiyama Onsen Kyunkan in Yamanashi, Japan, holds the Guinness World Record for being the oldest hotel in the world. So it's a hot spring hotel. Mm. sits at the foot of the Akaishi Mountains, and it's been in operation since it was founded in 705 AD. Um, it's been in the hands of about, it says, 52 generations of the same family. For more than 1,300 years. Whoa. And it's still going strong. I want to go. Right? We should I mean, do it. <laughs> even if it wasn't the world's oldest hotel, like, it's a hot spring hotel. Oh, that's got to be good, right? Yeah. It sounds awesome. All right. Um, on that note, I'm going to go get some tea and uh, try to rest up and recover fully Yay. from my illness. Woo! So, anyway. um. Any last thoughts, William? Um, no. All right. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.